Hi, my name is Barry Wilmore, and this is my testimony. I was born into a Christian family, and I was raised in the church, and uh, I'm grateful for that. Uh, we're all made differently by, by our, our wonderful Lord and Savior, and I am such that uh, I needed to be in church uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I needed that. I needed that constant input of things righteous and things to glorify the God, glorify God as I grew. Because I was mischievous, and I had a wandering eye, and I had a, a heart that really wanted to experience all in the world that there was to experience. And by God's grace, uh, he had me in church. I learned, the, I learned God's Word. I learned the stories of the Bible. I knew that uh, separate from knowing Jesus Christ and my Savior that I was eternally damned uh, to a place that the Bible calls hell. And I knew that was real. And when I was eight years old, a, a message was preached by a visiting pastor at our church, and he preached on hell, and and it became real to me that night. And I remember vividly the burden of my sin that weighed upon me, even at a young age, and that uh, that sin separated me from God. And I, I guess that's when uh, I was maybe regenerated, where I understood the started to be able to understand the truths of Scripture. And uh, I, was, I struggled for two years trying to determine exactly what this salvation was, how I got it, what I needed to do. And uh, many a night spent uh, in tears. I can remember being in my grandmother's house, uh, laying on her couch. It was Christmas near Christmas time. My brother and my grandmother were only three there that night and uh, hiding my face with a pillow because of the burden of my sin as I wept tears knew that I was separate from God. And finally, one night, uh, I stayed. My mother had had back surgery, and I stayed at home on a Sunday night from church to be with her. My brother and my dad went to church that Sunday night, and uh, that night she shared the gospel with me again. And by God's grace, he saved me. And I was 10 years old at that point. And I always, from that moment forward, uh, felt confident in my salvation so there were always times of doubt, and uh, I read the Bible, I studied the Bible uh, through my teenage years. I was never one to wander necessarily far from um, the desires that I felt like the Lord would have me to do. Certainly there were, I was a sinner, and I sinned, and I succumbed to many a temptation. But at least in the world's eyes, some of the bigger things, drugs and alcohol and, and some of those type of things, I, I never succumbed to those temptations. And therefore, I thought I was doing okay. I was I was fairly good. I went to college. I played football in college, American football, and enjoyed that. Still loved the Lord. Went to church. Uh, graduated from college. Went to started a master's degree at the same school. Actually, played football as a as a as a graduate student, and had been trying to get uh, join the Navy because I felt this patriotic tug to do my part for my country, and I. In my mind's eye, I thought one of the great ways to do that would be to fly airplanes. And then the Navy was had a little bit of an extra challenge to land airplanes on aircraft carriers, on boats. And so I was hopeful to get go down that path. And about halfway through my – after at the end of my first year of graduate school, that door opened, and I was able to go into the Navy. And went through flight school. Again, loved the Lord, still trying to live a life worthy – and 
graduated from flight school, was able to select jet aircraft and land on those aircraft carriers like I desired, that desire of my heart, and went into the fleet and served in the fleet on aircraft carriers. And uh, sometime during my first or second deployment, I was in my mid-20s, a friend of mine sent me a letter and a tape. And in this letter, he asked me the question. He said, in the parable of the sower, which one of the... These are Christians. And those four different, you know, the seed that fell on stony ground by the wayside, you know, was choked up by by, uh, by uh, weeds and such, and also the ones that bear fruit. And I, it struck me that here I was, been a Christian for 15-ish years, and I, I didn't know, I couldn't answer that question. I wasn't sure. So I listened to the tape, and it was a message on the parable of the sower, and it was a, by a guy named John MacArthur. I'd never heard of him. And in conversations with this guy who sent me the tape, he said, have you ever heard of John MacArthur? I'm like, no, I haven't. So I listened to that tape, and it became evident to me that that the only ones that were truly saved, even though the, others, the other three of the four um, embraced, at least some superficial way, this gospel message, the only ones that were truly saved were those that bore fruit. And... It was at that point that I began, the Lord began to show me how little I actually knew of his word, that I was truly born again, that I had received salvation. And I'll I'll sort of explain that more in a second, but how little of his word, depths of scripture, doctrines that I just had never been exposed to. And... It's uh, the way I term it is that I didn't know that I didn't know the Bible, but the Lord, through the process of this friend and other ways that He works through His providence, exposed that truth to me. I knew I knew I knew the gospel, I knew this Bible stories, but I did not know doctrine. I didn't know the depths of Scripture, and I didn't know that I didn't know it. But the Lord revealed that to me. So from my mid-20s, I, I came, sort of began a, a long journey of study. I mean, in-depth study, reading God's Word more slowly, in-depth, associated with biblical scholars that, had, that the Lord had called, that, that pastors that had written books and commentaries. And I began to study the Word of God and the depths of scriptures of Scripture that I didn't know existed became— it started to become alive to me. And it was a long journey. And though I am grateful for my salvation, I now know that what I had heard all the years of my life, those first several decades of my life, were sermons. I heard a lot of sermons preached, which is not bad. Don't get me wrong. I believe that I was truly saved. But when I first heard the Bible taught, it was in that tape by John MacArthur, Bible teaching and sermon preaching are not the same. Now, you can certainly have Bible teaching and sermons, don't get me wrong, but I had not experienced God's Word being taught. Piece by piece, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, I never I never experienced that. And it may has made such a complete, total difference in my life, in my walk, in my understanding, in my closeness with my Lord— the depths of Scripture, the doctrines of Scripture that I still don't know. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. But 
the more I learn, the more I grow, the more I'm exposed to biblical truth, the more finite I see that I am and how great our mighty God is. And one of the things I'd always been taught or had heard was accept Jesus as Savior, accept, accept, accept Jesus as Savior. And I never realized it because I never really studied it, but nowhere in God's Word is that phrase even used, accept Christ as Savior. The sentiment is to receive salvation. Salvation is the work of the Lord. We certainly have responsibility to believe. What does believe mean? I'll hit that in a second. Um, but to receive salvation is something that I did. I, and looking back at my salvation experience, the burden was gone, and I believe true salvation occurred the moment I believed, and it was before I had even prayed. I had prayed many times from the time I was eight till I was ten, but at the moment when I became a Christian, when the Lord saved me, I hadn't prayed. I went ahead and prayed thinking that during my prayer I was saved, but as I think back, the burden was gone before I prayed. It's the work of the Lord. It wasn't anything that I did. And I think that's the thing that separates biblical Christianity apart from every other religion there is. I don't know how many religions there are. If you could count them, 10,000, 15,000, I, I don't know. But really there's two. It boils down to the truth and deception. And the thing that separates biblical Christianity from all other religions I've come to understand is that in every other religion that exists, man has to do something. There's some act, some something, some prayer, some some action, some bowing the knee, some acting a certain way, some something that man's got to do to attain whatever it is the religion says that you can attain. But biblical Christianity, there, there's nothing man can do as Christ has done it all. He paid the price. You know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it's so true. As I think back, like I said, to my salvation experience, the Lord saved me. I did not accept him. It was his work in me, giving me the faith, giving me the understanding giving me the passion, giving me the desire to even seek him. And as I study the Word, it's in the Word. No man cometh to the Father except by me. And and the Father's the one that draws to the work of the Holy Spirit as he's enlightened Scripture. And I now understand that. And as I know, as I come to learn what does believe mean, you know, it's not believe in Jesus. It's believe in Jesus of the Bible. It's the biblical Jesus. It's not just some Jesus that that you make up, or some Jesus that a uh, faith says is Jesus is this. Jesus is God. If you don't believe Jesus is God, then you don't believe the Jesus of the Bible, and there's no true salvation. Jesus is eternal. He is not a created being. There are faiths that say Jesus was is a created being. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus is eternal. He is God in human flesh. And God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, work together to affect the will of the Father. 
everything exists and proceeds according to his plan and his purpose and his providential direction of all things brought me to salvation brings everyone to salvation that comes to salvation and i now understand that from his word i understand that we are first predestined and that we are then called and that we are then justified and we are then glorified as it says in romans 8 you know 28 to 30 those beautiful passages and and those those are things that i didn't understand and i now know that at the point of salvation you may not understand everything about obedience you may not understand everything about repentance you may not understand everything about the lordship of christ but everyone that is truly saved will strive to obey will repent and will revere christ as lord even if you don't understand it that's what true salvation brings repentance over sin it's about our sin and it's about turning from our sin and seeking christ and his lordship as the power and the direction of our lives and i now know that i never knew that before i was saved but the lord has revealed that truth to me but it was a characteristic of mine even though i didn't understand it before those days that i i came to know my my lord through the process of time you know i i did deploy like i said on aircraft carriers i was actually in operation desert storm operation desert storm back in the early 90s many many years ago i jokingly say i was seven i was actually a little older than that but uh, anyway um and then uh i went to the test pilot program I finished that master's degree that I had put on old when I left Tennessee Tech, a degree in electrical engineering, and I got another master's degree from the University of Tennessee in aviation systems. I had graduated from test pilot school, so I started making an application um, to the astronaut program. And by God's grace, I courted my wife that year that I started doing all this and finished those master's degrees and was courting my wife, who eventually, Deanna, who eventually became my wife. And many years later, by God's providence, he, as it says in Proverbs, he gave me a desire of my heart. And one of those things was to, again, first with the fly off aircraft carriers and do those type of things. But the Lord gave me that opportunity. And then to, you know, opportunity to perhaps eventually fly in space as an astronaut. And the Lord gave me that opportunity. And, of course, even above that is my lovely wife, Deanna, and brought us together. And I see now that those are not things that the Lord allowed me to possess or do because I'm worthy. Just like he didn't choose Abraham to be the father of of the nation of Israel because of his merit. It's just because he chose to. And the Lord has chosen to allow those things, those desires of my heart, because for whatever reason they're within his plan and his purpose. I understand that. And because I understand that, I, he's deserving of the glory, not not just that I want to give him the glory, but there's no other place to put it, you know, the thanks and the glory for those type of events in my life that I've desired and that he has allowed me to, to partake in. Um, I did fly in space. I piloted the space shuttle Atlantis before the shuttle program ended, and I flew a Russian Soyuz to the International Space Station in 2014 and was the commander of the space station for four months, four of the six months I was there. I was up, had opportunity to do four spacewalks. 
And I can tell you, you know, like, I'll tell a brief space story. I was on my third spacewalk, and I was, the gentleman who was outside with me was doing a task on the front side of the space station, and I was kind of coming up the middle around the backside, and I came around a corner, and there was a radiator there. I knew this radiator was there. This radiator was not used anymore. Uh, when you're when you have electronics, electronics build heat, and the process of fluids pick up this heat and transfer it eventually out to these radiators, and the heat is dissipated into the vacuum of space. Well, this radiator on top of the center of the space station was used early in the build of the space station as we were building it to dissipate the heat of those systems. It was not used anymore, and I knew it was there, but as I came around the corner, one thing I didn't know is that it was highly reflective meaning it was like a mirror. And I came around the corner, and boom, there I was. <laughs> I could see myself from head to toe in this mirror. And that's the first time I'd ever seen me in a spacesuit. Obviously, you don't have mirrors that you look at. I mean, obviously, I'd seen video of me in a spacesuit, but to actually look and see that it was me uh, was, was kind of striking. And I you know, I kind of lifted, had that gold visor down. I lifted the visor and, and saw my face inside the reflection there, and I looked back over my left shoulder at the space station it was on the sunny side of the orbit and when the sun is shining on the earth when you're on the light side of the orbit you can't see stars because the sun's light blanks out all the starlight it's it's brighter and you can't see the stars so it's it's a very very black sky with the sun shining contrasted with the beauty of the earth and the contrast of colors and it's about that moment i look down and Hawaii's going by because you're orbiting around the Earth 17,500 miles per hour. Sorry, I don't know what that is, 28,000 kilometers per hour, something like that. And uh, to stay in orbit, so you actually go around the Earth every 90 minutes. So you're traveling pretty fast, about five miles a second, 25,000 feet per second is how fast you're traveling. And so as I look at this moment, I look down, there goes Hawaii below me. And the beauty of the contrast of the islands and the blue water and the clouds you could see and the blackness of the sky of space and then the space station, the silver and the big, huge gold solar rays and all that contrast of color. And it was just, it just, wow, it just, it's sensor overload. It's just, you know, mesmerizing, amazing. And I look back at that guy in that reflection and that, out of that radiator and my thought was, how did you get here? How did you get here? And the answer is very, uh, very clear. I was there because the Lord, in his plan and purposes, allowed me to be there and and gave me that desire of my heart. That's why I was there. And I know why I am in existence because of God's word is clear. And... I've heard and I've kind of remember a, a sort of a one-sentence sim- summary of the Bible, which gives us our purpose. And it goes like this. Before the foundation of the world, God the Father determined to present God the Son with a redeemed humanity that would honor, worship, and glorify him for all eternity. And that summarizes the Bible. We exist those of us that are predestined, called, um, um, justified, and eventually glorified for the purpose of honoring and glorifying the Son. And that's why we exist. And that's why I was there. That's why 
how I got there was the Lord allowed me to be there, and my purpose in being there and wherever I am is to glorify Him in all that I think, say, and do. And that's my purpose. You know, I've, I've looked back at my life, and I've always been, like I said, I was kind of always curious how things worked, why. My, my mom said my first word was not mom or dad. It was why. <laughs> you know, how do things work? Why? Why is this that? Why is it that way? And I've always been a curious, very curious. And that has played out in my life to have a desire to experience and see and understand and the Lord has given me, like I said, many of those desires of my heart. And so I was somewhat of a goal setter. I always wanted to glorify my Lord, but also had something else that I wanted to do. Fly off aircraft carriers, you know, marry a wonderful lady, uh, fly in space. And the Lord's given me those desires of my heart. Now, at this stage of my life, there's none of that. I don't, I mean, I, there's certainly things I would... I desire my daughters. I have two. We have two daughters. They're twelve and fifteen, and I look forward to seeing them. But as far as personal goals, professional goals, I really don't have those. I just simply want to glorify my Lord at all moments, at all times, and that challenges me when tempted, when I'm alone, and temptations come, and you know nobody will know but me, and to try to be a man of fortitude. Fortitude is. Being a man that is the same regardless of where he's at, at least that's my definition of it, whether I'm at church or out and mowing my grass or driving down the street or at a function or whatever, I'd be the same person at all times and not someone that sways my attitude, my language, or my thoughts or my actions based on where I am. And certainly I'm still a sinner. I, I fail, but... My drive and my desire is to glorify my Lord. And that's only because, like I said earlier, that he's given me understanding of his word and what this life truly means. And for an astronaut, there's been many people flown in space, but I'm so grateful that the Lord saved me and has given me a very special perspective on his creation and on all things. And when you're, when I was in space and be able to see sites that I didn't even dream existed from that vantage point. I just, I didn't need, you know, I've been asked if I needed to have a spiritual experience when I went to space. I've been asked that several times. The answer is no, I didn't need to go to space to know any, to learn anything about my Lord. Everything I need to know about him is in the, in the pages of scripture, fully everything. But I certainly am grateful for the unique perspective of looking back and seeing and witnessing the mighty power of our Lord and his creative power from that vantage point. I'm grateful for that, but I didn't need to go there to know him because scripture is replete with all that I ever needed to know and all anyone needs to know. And so from a, a little inquisitive boy that was always wondering why and how to someone that the Lord actually reached into a wretched, his wretched heart and saved, you know, that's something that a lot of times when I, I'm introduced as something, I'm introduced as an astronaut, he's an astronaut, and if the audience is right audience, I always say, you know, I appreciate that, but what what I truly am, through the eyes, with a biblical worldview, I know who I am, I'm a wretched sinner saved by grace. That's really who I am, because I have a biblical worldview, and I only have a biblical worldview because my Lord 
revealed the fact that I didn't understand his word and then gave me that desire to learn and to grow and place people in my path that would help me learn. And for that, I am eternally grateful. I try to teach these truths to my daughters. And, uh, and when the Lord gives me opportunity uh, in my church and anytime I, I have the opportunity to share this blessed truth, I, I try to do so lovingly, understanding that uh, the Lord works as the Lord works, and I can do nothing other than share the truth. And why he chose to use me to share his blessed truth, I don't know. But that's the way he has chosen to do it, and therefore I'm willing to go forward and be bold and and share it as he gives me the opportunity. So that's me. That's Barry Wilmore. That's who I am, a wretched sinner saved by grace. And because of that, I have eternal hope. I, I teach a Bible study. I'm part of some guys that go to our local prison. I've been doing it for almost 10 years. I mean, probably has been 10 years on a rotation and I share with these guys and some of these gentlemen are in prison for life and really in life other than what they know in prison there's no hope for them beyond the prison walls and I can't think of a worse way to live your life than to not have any hope for anything other than what you have now no growth no new sights to see no anything but how much bleaker it is for those that don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. And they, many don't even realize it, but they have no hope eternally. Because eternal hope only comes through the blood of Jesus Christ and knowing him as Lord and Savior. So if you don't know him, if you've never received this blessed salvation, I, I would just plead with you to go to the Word and see that God's word is, is clear and true, that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is God. He is not a created being. He is God Almighty, the creator of the universe. And that man is sinful. It's the fall of Adam and Eve. You go back to those stories where man chose, or Eve chose to, was deceived by the, by the serpent, partake of the fruit and gave it to her husband and he did eat and that sin came to the world and Romans tells us that the whole creation groans seeking that time that day of redemption and because man is sinful it contradicts God's character Grateful, thankfully the Lord has given us insight into the at least the parts of his character that we can and need to understand and because he's given us insight into his character we know that he must punish sin. He is righteous and holy, which are terms that I can't completely understand and fathom. But it means that he is without sin, cannot tolerate sin, will not tolerate sin, must punish sin. And he says the wages of sin is death. And that's not just physical death. That is part of it, but it's eternal death, eternal separation. And, and we cannot be good enough. Any sin separates us from him. And then because of that, when we sin, we are lost. We have eternal damnation and, and no hope whatsoever. That's why Jesus came. That's why the perfect timing, God's perfect timing, he sent Jesus to earth. And he lived that perfect life. And the reason he had to, 
it was without sin. And it's important because for perfect redemption, perfect forgiveness of sin required a perfect sacrifice. We saw that through the old sacrificial system throughout the Old Testament, that an absolute perfect sacrifice was required, and only Christ is worthy. As it says, only he's only, in Revelation, he's the only one to release and, and release the, that first scroll, and, and he's the only one worthy. So I can't pay the price for someone's sin. No one can pay the price. It's only it's Christ alone. Because he's worthy, without sin, he died a sinner's death. He lived the life that we can't live and then died the death that we all deserve and was punished by God the Father. God will punish sin. He'll either punish you or if you're washed in the blood, he's already punished Christ. Christ endured God's wrath so that you wouldn't have to. Believe it. Believe it, I beg of you. Come to know my Lord and Savior, and then you too can share this blessed truth with others because it's the gospel alone that saves. No work, no action, no words, no nothing. It's Jesus Christ and him alone. Salvation comes through faith by grace alone. And that's my prayer for you, that you would come to know him as Lord and Savior. Again, my name is Barry Wilmore, and that's my testimony.